Join Sarah Weiss in the infinite field of energetic aliveness and heart-centered wisdom. This is the Earth Love Spirit Podcast. Welcome to the Earth Love Spirit Podcast. I'm Sarah Weiss, your host, and it's time for a new alignment between body and soul, earth and cosmos, and heart and mind. Today, I have a wonderful guest. Her name is Lisa Marie Haley, and Lisa's path is a miraculous and human journey. After receiving several advanced academic degrees from Stanford University, she realized that her mind was intended to serve her heart and not the other way around. Lisa dedicated her life to teaching yoga, meditation, energy healing, and mediumship for the past 17 years. She is the author of two books, The Answer Is You and Energy Healing 101. She's also the host of the podcast Everything is Energy and the founder of an online healing school also called Everything is Energy. Lisa's deep dive into goddess wisdom is a common theme in her teachings. So deep is her alignment with the goddess that she becomes a channel for transformation and wisdom in all of her classes and podcasts. Our conversation is a meeting of hearts that radiates a beautiful healing light for all listeners. Lisa leads us in a deep invocation at the beginning and through a guided heart meditation near the end of the podcast, so be sure to listen through to the end. We cover grounding and centering, connecting to Mother Earth, her journey to becoming visible as a multidimensional being and shifting her relationships with peers and friends, her belief that feminine wisdom leads us to the balance of masculine and feminine, and that our culture leans too much on masculine energies. It's a very interesting take. So please help me welcome Lisa Marie Haley. Lisa, welcome to the Earth Love Spirit Podcast. I'm so happy to introduce you to our listeners. Wonderful. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me as a guest, and thank you to everyone who is taking their time and energy to connect in this way. I, it's just so important right now that we all really do understand how powerful we are and how every moment of what we choose to do. So to choose to connect together today, I would like for us, I want to invite you to imagine yourself as a tree. And as a tree, the Native Americans called trees tree people. And imagine you're this tree and you're several hundred years old. Notice what type of tree, if it's a redwood or an oak, you're a vast, majestic tree. And first root yourself, take your tree roots down, down into Mother Earth and just feel your way down through her her soil and the rocks beneath the surface and spread your roots wide and deep. So maybe you even connect all the way down to her core, the light at the center of the energetic Mother Earth. And you can start to notice how she's always already seeing you and knowing you. And you're connecting with your roots down there. She's sending light up through your roots. And begin to draw this light up through your roots, up into your trunk. And feel it go all the way up 
and out through your branches. Your branches are like your eyes and your arms, and you're swaying in the wind, and you're drinking this golden light up and stretching your broad branches out. And notice how it feels to be this supported and rooted. And then notice also connect with your roots down again. All the other individuals, energetic beings who are taking the time to connect to this podcast, feel the the vast community of of underground network of roots, of, of leaves that might meet each other in the breeze, to know that you are always connected to everyone and everything, not only Mother Earth, but to everybody who listens to this podcast, and and I like to believe that time is malleable here, so it does not matter when you listen to it, that this is almost like an encapsulated energetic recording, so you can just imagine the, the many, many, many people around the world who will gather and set their roots down, connect into the earth, connect through their branches, and then finally, connect to your heart. Connect to the heart center that is in your physical body, and it might even be right at the center of your trunk as a tree, and send out the light of your heart to meet this gathering, to meet this group of people who are listening and coming together. Mm. Wonderful. Wonderful. I cannot get enough of honoring and respecting and connecting with Mother Earth. Lisa, I know that that's a theme throughout your podcast, Everything is Energy, and we'll give our listeners the information to connect with your your streams of wisdom. And could we take a moment? I would love to know how you first connected or woke up to your connection with Mother Earth. It's always of interest to me when I meet someone else who is that deeply connected as I am. I want to know, when was that moment or moments when you figured this out that you could not live without this connection? Oh, thank you for that question. I love exploring this answer because I believe that you know, fundamentally, we each arrive on this planet knowing, and we kind of go through this dance of forgetting. You know, when I was a little kid, I lo- I knew I talked to the insects, I talked to the plants. Um, I had a moment when I was about six years old, I had a, a family tragedy. My sister died pretty immediately of cancer, and there's a couple other tragedies where I was awoke to God, but, but there, it's kind of a nuanced answer, I guess is what I want to say. One, I believe that we're always connected, and so it's, it's a remembering, in my experience, it's a reconnecting. It's innately there. It's just a matter of taking those layers off uh, that might be separating us. And so I think I really got lit up when I was a little kid. And I, and I did the whole quest to religion through my teenage years. And in my 20s, I, um, I, I fell into it and I fell out of it. But I was always very, um, I could feel the way that nature held me. And I could sense and know ever since I was a little kid that if, you know, if I talked to plants, you know, I have a huge garden because I talked to my plants. And that sounds kind of funny, but... Um, it's not because I believe that we're all connected and I believe that there is no separation. And so to go from age six um, to kind of this 
realizing that the physical world might not be stable or what it seems and to realize that we've got to look for something beneath that. I don't think everybody needs to go through tragedy, but I think there's these moments of, I need to get, this feels true. And now my life is very much, you know, I like to encourage people to follow their joy, our heart, that heart center we connected to is so powerful. And and really what we're doing is we remember is um, remembering how we, our heart already knows and we're supposed to be joyful and we're supposed to live in harmony. So, so a lot of my awakenings have happened around this very simple, pure bliss knowing of what it was that I was supposed to do. I don't know if that makes sense. And I can share with you a couple different examples of that if you want. It does make sense. And I love that you say it's a simple bliss knowing. Uh, some people expect it, you know, to have to see everything, know everything, hear everything. But the real experience is when you know it in your cells and in your soul and your heart. But I'd love to hear the examples. Yeah, so, th- so this, is, this is great. And a lot of, for me, what it was was getting my mind into the supportive role instead of the leading role. You know, we're taught a lot in our mm-hmm. culture. I was, you know, to honor this, this mind and there's, and really what we're remembering is to follow our, our energy and our heart. And so I was um, getting my fourth degree from Stanford University. I was getting my PhD and I, I um, should have been, by all examples, I had this wonderful accomplished life. And I tell you, I would wander around the department saying, I don't want to use this degree. I don't, I'm, I would openly speak about the, the misgiving I felt, um, and even when I was, you know, got out of college, I would call my mom up, I would get these great jobs, and I would say, Mom, I could feel the soul disconnection of what I'm doing. I need to go find something. So I, I ended up at this Stanford uh, PhD. My, my advisor went, left for Harvard and wanted me to move with her, and I had an unfunded summer, and I just thought, I can't dedicate more of my life. So I ended up opening up a yoga studio. And yeah. I, I'm sharing a little bit of information with this because my own process was very my ego had to die because, you know, I could picture my parents' voice saying, you have four degrees from Stanford and you're going to go do yoga, you know, and even that was a, a real, it was, a, and now it's, now it's more commonplace. And so now I, even when I say now I'm an energy healer and a herbalist and my ego just had to drop, you know, and I think one of the things that I love is that I, I say everything simple is profound because we've been taught there's, there's all these hoops we have to jump through and then maybe further out there we're worthy. And what the truth is, is that we're born, like we're born connected, we're born worthy. And this is the remembering. It's, it's some heavy lifting though, I'll tell you what, <laughs> to get to that place. Does that make sense? It makes sense. And, and it makes sense to me that when, some people, when they reach kind of the epitome of their profession where they've had so much success and then it proves to not be the soul-satisfying achievement that you thought, and then when you've had so much praise for your mind and go on a journey to figure out how to bring that mind into balance with the rest of you, that is a real challenge because that mind has been so praised and supported and gotten you so many good things that it's hard to bring that back into relationship with your heart. 
Well, yeah, and that is really the question I feel like Mother Earth is asking us as as a humanity. You know, what are we what do we value right now? And it's it's deep, uh, and I can't claim to be the perfect um, example of it. I, 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 I'm a very human person, but I sense that, you know, the, the things that we think signal our worthiness might not be the things ultimately um, that are true to make us happy, to, 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 to get us on our purpose for why we're here, really why we're here, not just checking the boxes of, you know, quote unquote, the things one should do with one's life. Um, and I really do feel Mama Earth calling her, her children <laughs> to awaken right now. And I, I have this image of how she as a planet always knows us. No matter where we're at on the planet, it's us when we're in our minds who disconnect from this vast living, breathing being that knows us. And so really it's up to us to just take all the, it's almost like you have to like clean all the layers of mud off the window so that the light can shine through. And that's really, um, that's a challenge. It's, it's, it's rich right now. I think, you know, I think we can, a lot, a lot of us can feel the, the need for that and the poignancy of that and the, the, the not linear path because it's an individual path for everybody. Um, and I would also say that that's the beauty of it is that it's not only getting more simple and looking for our joy. Um, it's, it's letting a lot of this static stop and fall and realize, you know, people say less is more, but there's a real profound truth to, you know, I'm worthy because I breathe and I do good work because like these very simple things, not because I have four degrees and a PhD, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you can feel the energy shift even mm-hmm. as I said that, I think, um, yeah, it was interesting. I remember being, and, and I think, you know, Stanford does amazing work. People are doing, it's not, this isn't a diss against that. This is just my path. I think that university will, has potential to make very vast good changes. But I also came to realize when I was there that there were many people on the planet who never went to school and who were living a perfectly happy life and who might even be more connected to the things that I had forgotten than I was. And that was a very humbling moment for me, you know, being like, oh man, what if, what if what the, this path I'm on isn't the best path for me? It was, that's a very humbling thing to realize, you know. Um, it is. And, and I know when I began developing my relationship, when Mother Earth started speaking to me, it was the first time in my life that I felt safe, that her love, her confidence, her strength became mine. And I truly learned from her as I, as one would learn from a mother. Yes, I love that. It's very safe. You're very, you're so right in that. It's, um, it reminds me a lot of goddess consciousness, of feminine, it's not, men versus women, but it's this way of um, being that is like the unconditional love of a mother. You know, she loves us and gives us air and water and food, no matter what we do, all of us, you know, and that is a very good thing to remember, that we're always safe and that it doesn't have to be this 
power through fearful, scary, traumatic. That's the other thing that I learned on the path. So the yoga studio, I mentioned that I opened the yoga studio. That was one era of my life. And then, you know, I got into, I left the yoga world and got into the energy healing world, you know, clairvoyant stuff. And, and I, I believe that we all have these um Skills were built with it. It's just mm-hmm. it, it's like an atrophied muscle. You know, we just we haven't exercised it our whole life, but it's there. It's like when I teach people, it's like learning how to cook or learning a sport. We just got to get in there and, and and be willing to let it come through. And so when I when I when I went into the energy work, it was a little bit um, even more uh, lack of solid things to talk about with my peers, you know. Um, <laughs> I, re- I kind of realized at my college reunion dinners, I, I, I wondered if I was that person, you know, that girl. <laughs> but then also, I know that I'm, I'm quite normal, and I, I, I think I realized I was doing good work. Also, my ego had to die. I had to be willing to go to that dinner party and just be me and say what I did for a living and have it be that I, I'm an energy healer, you know, and I do psychic readings or I do a podcast or, and, and I think that was just mama earth's way of humbling me so and that then, I could connect with her. And, and how were you received when you, when you said it so simply and accepting of yourself to be in that way? How were you received when you said that, who you were? Well, I was, you know, I think that, that that's a wonderful point. Thank you for asking that, because I do believe that we create our, our reality. So in, in any way that I would, would have been judging myself, there was probably one or two people in the room that weren't able to receive me. But in all the ways that I loved myself, I, I was surprised by all the people who, you know, a couple, they would come to me individually during the dinner party, but they would say, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this is amazing. I wish I could do that. Like, you know, there was this heart-opening moment for people, and I could feel that my own, um, it's vulnerability in a different way. It's getting our egos out of the way and really letting our hearts be open, and that can feel very vulnerable to a culture that has... Um, kind of put that aside, you know, and, 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 and instead honors these physical 3D things as the, the most powerful. But, but I'll tell you what, it was healing for me, and it was profound because, I, you know, I would have loved to connect to one people, let alone eight or ten. You know, I think everybody's looking for examples of, of the, the, that we're all okay <laughs> and of how to what the next step might be and that this is a, um, a good, acceptable, nourishing path. And to that, I would say, I really like to encourage people to trust their, I call it like a yes, no, um, understanding of, you know, and if you think about when, for everyone who's listening, if you think about how it was somebody you love, your, your partner, your kid, your pet, you can almost feel this welling up and opening of your heart Mm -hmm. and then if you think about some time where you got a speeding ticket or you know somebody yelled at you you can feel the shrinkage back and so this is one of those skills that I talked about that's almost like an atrophied muscle and that's why I say follow your joy because we do we're supposed I believe we're meant to be happy and harmonious in this we can feel the yes of whether it's is this right on my path is this person right for me is this what I should be eating for dinner? Where should I move to? We can feel the expansion. And I love that we can all play with that. 
and it, it should be play. You know, it's not work. It's play. It's play. Yeah, you, to me, you're speaking about embodied spirituality, about mm. being able to feel yourself in your body with your faculties alive and uh, able to communicate with yourself in an embodied way, full spectrum embodied way. I love that. I love embodied spirituality. Yes, that's a, that's a wonderful convergence of terms because, you know, that's another thing that we're, we're getting to embody this, this shift where, you know, I, I like to, you know, we've been taught that science and spirit are separate. They're converging mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. now. So mm -hmm. spirituality doesn't need to be behind closed doors. It can be, but it can be everywhere, you know, and when we recognize our divinity, our, our, beautiful divine nature and you know i've been ex experiencing a lot two two things for me are, are that we're all connected and that you know everything we do to each other and we do to our planet ultimately we're doing to ourselves and so that is that's a life spiritual calling to understand and embody that you know to, and that i get a little bit weepy sometimes or i think about how much more I would like to do, you know, for that idea that we are not separate as we've been taught with the walls and the houses and the separation and, you know, you versus me having a conversation that's true, but I, we also know that we're connected. Well, it's really yeah. interesting that you bring that up. First of all, there is a certain sadness when you feel this and you want other people to feel the same so that you can have that sense of communion and community with people that feel so deeply the connection to Mother Earth and the cosmos. And yeah. it's a, a lovely kind of sorrow. And it's also a sadness that huh, I've learned to have to accept uh, to be in the present time and be in the world where we are today. And I would love to hear what your work with the goddess energies and how you feel, what you sense is coming through to you right now, what your messages are for people. Um, I believe that we're, I see life as a circle uh, and that each person who participates in the circle, a light shines upon them and they're an expression that is needed in the world. And I would like to bring through who you are at the moment um, and, and what's coming through you right now, Lisa. Can you share some of that with us? I would love to. Yeah, who I am at the moment. The goddess energies. Um, I, I embarked on a, a few years ago, did a personal commitment to go through a year of remembering the best I can and then teaching people I have a goddess consciousness course and it's every and really what I think about it is it's almost like a anthropological spiritual historical self-empowerment journey that is as you say the, the tip of the iceberg is sadness but it I've, 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 like you, come to realize that that's a sign for healing and to not resist it, to let it be, and to know that there, that is part of what the goddess is able to heal is to let that sadness be and to know that that will pass and that this, there's wisdom 
to be had in the realizations that we have. Not only with Mother Earth as a goddess, I believe Mother Earth is a goddess. I believe mm-hmm. that we're all ideally equally divine masculine and divine feminine, men and women. And as potentially as a collective, we've leaned a little bit too much on the male energies. And we're, we're really seeing a rise and needing a rise of this goddess. And I think for myself, a lot of the healing that I've personally been through, um, I just got back from a camping trip this a couple, spent um, a couple of days on this beautiful river, and it was so healing to simply be with nature. And the goddess is everywhere. And, it, you know, I think Mother Earth, for those of us who, when we embark on a spiritual journey, it does help our minds to have something physical to lean on and that's the gift of mother earth is she's a physical goddess and yet there's so many other goddesses i remember i hadn't camped on my own in the middle of nowhere in a while and i uh, i said a prayer to the goddesses i was working with persephone is one of the ones that i love and we can talk about her in a second she's come through a lot there's cyclical seasonal goddesses and i believe there's energetic of the times goddesses so Kali, persephone Falling Lama, or all these these goddesses who are light and dark. And I call them in because I just said, please help me feel safe. And wouldn't you know, I had the safest. I was doing things with my little chihuahua that, you know, <laughs> not dangerous, but I just felt so held. And you said that, you know, to have Mother Earth makes you feel safe. Uh, so the goddess for me is is all of that. It's, and as you said, it's a circle. It's, a, it's, it's not just a 2D circle, it's a sphere. It's mm-hmm. an all-encompassing um, sphere that is simultaneously, if you, if you think about how our, our energy field is shaped, we are egg-shaped or energy field. And, and Mama Earth's uh, toroidal field is the exact mirror of that. And so we are spheres. We are these little embodiments of, of the goddess. And, and to just kind of speak about the, the energies of the times that I mentioned, you know, we are going through a lot of cultural shift right now. Um, not doesn't always feel like it's by choice, you know, but there's a lot of shifts and challenges. And these goddesses that I mentioned, Goddess Kali is a, and Goddess Falden, Falden Lalo is a Tibetan goddess, and, and Kali is a Hindu goddess. But they're both, they were started off as these beautiful Beautiful women who, by all standards, had everything. And, you know, we kind of talked about that path. And then they realized that they saw all the sorrow and they started to go on this deeply personal journey where they ended up kind of almost coming to the end of a circle and being sort of these disheveled, long hair, scraggly nails, not the beautiful, perfect female, but they were, they'd seen it all. They'd been through it all. They'd, they'd rescued babies. They'd saved rivers. They'd... They'd been in all the muck of the emotions, and at this time, they're both kind of they're both black skinned because they were on these funeral pyres. They're they're because they've known so much about the heavy energies. Uh, the Bodhisattva in, in in Tibetan Buddhism, the story goes that uh, you know right as this Falun Lama goddess was crying out for help, saying, "I can't take all the suffering," she was anointed as the one who would help humanity shift these energies so she 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 feeds off of our heavy energies and i think that there's something really nurturing to know that it's okay to feel the heaviness within us and that we have a place to give our fears that we don't have to hold them and so 
Valdemaro and Kali are both these goddesses who are asking us for our heavy energies. That could be anger, frustration, fear-based is, is the broadest term. And I just to close, I love the story that when the Dalai Lama was leaving his home in Tibet, because China was coming, and he was, he took, I think, eight things. And one of the things he took was this image of this goddess, Falden Lama. And when I read that, I was like, wow. He chose eight things, and he took her image. Um, so I don't know. I, 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 I think it's really important for us to be able to meet some of our heavier dark side and heavier energy. And just like you said, not to resist the sadness, also not to focus on it, but to let it, to be neutral with it so that it can transform. And that's kind of my expression of the goddess. I'll, I'll stop talking. Mm-hmm. For a oh, oh, no, 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 no. It's fascinating. Uh, what it brought to mind was we haven't been taught that we have the capacity to process, eat, digest, the heavy energies. It's the same way that our body knows how to take in food and digest, take the energy, eliminate what we don't need. And that in our beautiful energetic system uh, that we, that creates us, that we have as humans, is we do know how to process these energies and we know how to transform them. But we've been unconscious about that. And so we may take them in, but we don't process them or we don't know how to recirculate them. And by having these goddesses as a model or an image for us to teach us and become the embodiment of these goddesses, you know, when I think of Buddhism and I think of the Buddha and he was suffering, but it's a little different for a woman to bring back the feminine goddesses and have a little bit different feeling when you're relating female to female. Do you find that? Yes, I do. And what's coming to mind as you're speaking is, um, I mentioned it's kind of like this, historical, anthropological exploration that we're on. And it's, it's really interesting to, um, to, to do it with females. And, and I love men, and I have some divine-inspired men in my life. And also, a lot of the work that I do is with women. Um, and that wasn't the way that I would have predicted. But what I've found is that there's this, we can feel in each other's we can feel for each other what in innately knowing what it's like for us. It's very likely what it's like for that other female. And I want to share an example. So, mm-hmm. and a lot of my work with the goddesses, um, we go through this uncovering layers of who these goddesses are. There's a lot of stuff written about, you know, I just did a podcast on Aphrodite and Venus mm-hmm. and there's, and there's a lot of, stories out there. And this is where we get to use our own sense of yes and no that I was talking about, expansion and contraction, to, to see what our own truth is and to know that ultimately we, we're, there's nobody telling us what score is. We get to know, oh, that feels, that feels, that resonates with me. And I was doing, preparing for this podcast on Venus and Aphrodite and I was just, you know, reading some stories, reading through some books and I just thought, gosh, I don't know about all that 
sexual misbehavior, uh, that doesn't <laughs> feel like the goddess of love and beauty, you know. And then I dug a little deeper and I thought, oh, yeah, this is, this is part of the way that women were controlled and shamed and all sorts of stories were spun. And when I started to share that with a group of women, we all kind of sat up in our chairs in our own way. You know, it was like, oh, huh. And it's not a bad thing. It's not, we're not, I don't believe in fighting. Mm -hmm. I think it's more about empowering ourselves and knowing that when we know what's true for us, that's all we need to know. That's where we get our, not only we get our power back, but then we have this example, this light within us gets even brighter and we get to share that with everybody. Um, And that's really what's necessary right now, I think, um, on our planet. And I think it's, you know, we can feel in so many ways that the need for women to take their roles of empowerment back, not take it back, but step up into it, you know, and claim it. And that this goddess journey is really, um, for me, an important part of, of my own personal empowerment and then sharing it with other women, like I said, becomes this aha moment where we, you know, yes, we feel the truth, and then another woman says yes, and it's like, oh, wow, okay, I get it, you know, and new understanding is activated within me is how it feels. Um, It feels like she's showing up more. She, like, the space for her, her, the big her, to emerge and take some space up to balance and bring some healing to the imbalances that have been on the planet for so many thousands of years. It's, it seems like it's the time. It's not that, you know, yes, there's been suppression and oppression, but that also goes along with a certain cycle in history and yeah. the certain frequency that the planetary energies go through and the cosmic energies go through. And it's um, like the yuga cycles, you know, you go, you go through a rising cycle and a descending cycle. And now we're, it seems like we're on a rising cycle again. And the feminine uh, energy is coming through bold and strong and compassionate, not, you know, in the Donna Reed way. <laughs> If there was a way to put it out there like that. It's really emerging in a new way that um, is wonderful to see. Um, Yeah, and thank you for mentioning the yuga cycles. I fully concur with you that it also gets us out of our ego when we think this is an energetic phenomenon on the planet. So Mm -hmm. everything is being nourished by this infusion of light that's coming in and also this it's almost like I feel like the goddess is sleeping in the earth and there's start this energy starting to awaken and activate you know not because I Lisa am teaching a goddess course because Mm -hmm. it's just what's happening and that also puts it into everybody's hands you know nobody's special I mean you're leading the course because that energy is emerging it's informing you yes. and, and yes. you're able to speak for it. Um, and so, you know, I'm curious, uh, you studied with a, a Brazilian healer. Um, was there more of an earth-based orientation in that work? That was a really interesting story. So when I had my yoga studio in 
in uh, Palo Alto. This gentleman came. He was dressed in all white. He had a shaved head. He was probably in his 40s, and he's soft, soft, light energy. And he comes to the studio one day, and he says, Hey, I'm visiting uh, on a fellowship. I've looked at all the places where I could do my work, and your studio radiates light that I want to be in. And Uh. I just thought, Whoa. (laughs) I don't know, but yes. So then we we went on this journey together, and he... um, he wrote this book. He left me one of the first manuscripts of it. And to this day, I feel a little bit like Alice in Wonderland when I open up that book because <laughs> I, I, I'm on a need-to-know basis with spirit. I always say, you know, give me, put me in the right place at the right time. And um, his way of connecting was so much, it was so much in both directions. So if we think about the, the, the information that's coming through from the heavens, I, I feel like it's like downloads right Mm -hmm. but he was able to like you said earth it and ground it in this way that kept it all in balance and he 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 wrote this book and he did all the drawings himself and he wrote the, the all the messages himself and he was just really of this you know he's earthing down the energy into his body and then sharing it so he he was the the tool uh, for the healing. And I'm sure he changed my life and I'm sure he changed the whole area that he encountered. And and it was really interesting because then he kind of just vanished about five years later. And I just wondered, was that an angel? Was that a person? <laughs> Who was it? You know, his name was Kaloge, K-A-H-L-O-J, but it was just surreal. Um, and I had a similar experience with Tibetan monks in the, the yoga days where I was just like, whoa, but I think that that points us back to what you were saying about us being transformers and really realizing that it's not outside of us. Actually, we don't need to go take a course to learn or do any of this. You know, when I teach energy healing, I say, Grandma puts it into her food. When you, when you, hit, when you hit your shin on the coffee table, you put your hand on your shin. We're running this energy intuitively mm-hmm. all the time. And really the, trans, the transformation aspect. I, I, um, I teach another class called Heart Alchemy. Maybe we can even do a little practice where we, we get to, um, we can call on the goddesses to help us transform the energy and that they're there, but also we get to tap into the power of our heart to transform. And I believe that that monk um, was showing me that in, in 3D world, because for some reason the universe knew that I would best be able to receive it when I saw him embody it so you picked it up and and were able to resonate it and bring it into your being and allow it to inform you and and uplift you and teach you yeah it's you know and i think about it as energetic transmissions we're Mm -hmm. because if we think about ourselves as energetic beings when we're talking you know we're, we're exchanging energy right now in our conversation we do it every time we meet somebody we we, we merge fields. We can read fields. There is no hiding mm-hmm. from energy. So there was some kind of a transmission that happened by interacting with him. And to this day, this book sits in my sacred book corner. And every once in a while, it just hops off the shelf. And I just am like, all right, that that is what I needed to know for today. You know, it's just magical in that way that it, it transmission continues, I think, is also the case. Because... 
time and space aren't linear, even though we think they are. There's, there's so much magic, what I call magic, when we are willing to let things happen organically in circular spiral fashion that you mm-hmm. talked about earlier. I agree with you. Uh, it, it, deep in my heart, uh, I know that there is a continuous exchange of energy and so many people are afraid to be in that consciousness. They, they keep trying to cover that up. They think that they're not going to be understood, um, particularly empaths uh, who are real energetically based. And it's, um, I feel like we're in, in a time when all of that is fracturing, all that fear about being everything is energy um, is is really starting to break through the ice and and the old paradigms fracturing now um, I would love for you to lead us in an experience of the heart centered um, meditation. It felt very shamanic it felt very powerfully energetic uh, that you were referring to. Can you do that? Yes, I would love to and, and it's interesting that you just keyed up acute up the empath's journey and I want to this might be part of what for those who are listening um, there that might have been for a reason so I'll just quickly mention before we do the activation or this experience um, you know people come to me and they'll say I'm just too and that's one of the things that empaths will say and what really oh wait 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 you know what the word dropped out I'm just too what did you say I'm just too sensitive. Okay. Okay. The word that word just actually blanked out. <laughs> so That's thank thank you, Zoom. Well, so te- technology has a way of whenever it's funny, we talked about this before. Whenever right. something powerful comes through, every once in a while the technology will be like, I can't handle it. Right. Okay, so I'm just too sensitive is something is, is something that we get to heal because we're supposed to, it's good I, I first thing I say is it's a, it's a beautiful thing to be sensitive we want to be able to feel and sense it's like it's like having a palate for fine wine and cheese and chocolate wouldn't you want to feel the nuances mm-hmm. the key is that we live in a world that is so full of static that it can be very challenging which is where the self-care of people who are empathic or energetically sensitive is as important as brushing your teeth. It's actually probably more important. And so that will segue us into this heart activation meditation. So I've, you know, I was raised Catholic and I came to know Jesus and then I lost him and then I, but I always knew he was somebody. Um, and when I refound him, it was really beautiful. And, and, and it, for anybody who's Christian, you can think about that flaming heart that's in a lot of the pictures of mm-hmm. Jesus, but it's also in a lot of pictures of a lot of other avatars in many religions. But it points us to, uh, you know, and Jesus said, everything that I do, you will do greater, or something like this. And so I, I think about that flaming heart. We have not only a, so if you can just close your eyes as you're listening for a moment, bring your awareness right to, you know, where your heart chakra is, where your heart physically is, right at the center of your chest. And, um, you know, in the chakra system, it's emerald green, but also see if you can tune into a little bit of gold and light there. And the heart is very responsive. You know, I in another piece of work about this heart alchemy, the heart sends out electromagnetic fields that are far more powerful than our brain. So it's just even tuning into the heart. You can feel it kind of 
light up, and this light comes out from your chest in all directions. And, and it might even feel like a, a golden flame. It's not hot. It's just a light flame. So this is your transformation, transmutation, if you like, chamber within yourself. And, and if you are able to sense those who are highly energetically sensitive, or even if you're not there yet, um, you might just invite any heavy energy that's in your field. You might be able to say that it was that I got in a fight with my mother this morning and that feels heavy, or it might just be like, I feel this heavy, I feel this fear. You can notice it and it might feel in your in your third eye, in your mind's eye, is just like darker or heavier energy. So what we're going to do is we're going to breathe in, you're going to call this energy into this golden chamber of your heart chakra. And what the heart chakra, what this transformation chamber does is instantly, as soon as you, we choose to call that energy in, it transforms it into more light. As you exhale, you can kind of feel the light expand. And so it's a very simple technique. As you're breathing in, you're breathing in your physical breath and you're energetically breathing into your heart. And it's as if your heart is just kind of taking all that heaviness in. And as soon as it hits, as it hits this chamber... You can exhale and it, you can feel that it's been transformed into light. And it, it's nice to do an even breath, maybe four counts on the inhale. Connect to your heart center. You can even place your fingertips right on your heart center and feel this light transform, transmute. It's so bright within you that there is no space for darkness. And exhale, there's this expansion. So any fear, just two more breaths here. Any other fear that's hanging out in your it might be in your mind, but that just means it's in your mental field. Call it into your heart center. Feel it transform. Exhale, send that light out. And just one more time here. Breathe in. Take in any heaviness that's in your field and exhale, send out light. And then just notice if you can feel the effect of that. Notice if you can feel a little bit more light, a little bit more bright in yourself and in your field. And and so the empaths in the world, the energetically sensitive people, know that that's a gift and know that ultimately the, the planet that we want to live in is one where we can connect with the plants in our room and they can talk to us. And we, we do want to feel all this these things. And so really it's just about let, walking that path. How did that experience go for you? Well, I allowed myself to actually drop out of the podcast and go deeply into myself, and I turned into a beautiful sphere of golden white light, and I felt mm. the pain that was in my shoulders start to dissipate, and I just feel really great right now. Um, one of the things that uh, I I remember and I often cue people about is you know, you can start out thinking about the things that are bothering you that you're trying to transform, but then at some point you just have to let yourself turn into the light and trust that that is going to happen and you don't have to stay attached to the thoughts or the feelings that you're bringing into the light with you. Yes, that is part of, you said it so perfectly, it's just letting the mind go into the back seat mm-hmm. and letting the present moment do the healing because ultimately with all the miracles there's nothing to do you know we're healing that just to be there's nothing to do so it encourages the mind to drop and to you know be silent or be still 
I love that. Letting the present moment do the healing. That really brings you into, brings me into the space where I can do that. Thank you. Um, can we, can we segue into one other little place that's been of interest to me lately? And, and we did not discuss this when we talked about the podcast, but I'm really curious about your take on um, authenticity, integrity, and kind of the spiritual marketplace that has become so prevalent today. Um, there's mm, so much. Do you? Okay, then take it away. <laughs> I so and that's, it's funny because I was just getting there's something else coming through. There was one other topic, and this is it. So, in a world where we're all connected, in a circular goddess culture, which is I believe where we're headed, where every everybody sits equally. Everybody mm-hmm. sits in a circle. Everybody's needed. There is no hierarchy. Everybody's worthy. And part of the healing, and I think authenticity is so needed right now. We're so needing people to just tell, to do, to take that vulnerable step and to just be human. And I can tell you the story of starting my own podcast. I had to heal eons of shame and guilt about just the silly stuff in my head. You know, you're going to sound like a man. No one's going to listen. And it was just, stuff you know (laughs) and I had to like be really vulnerable and be like all right this might totally flop but you know who's got to do it and put her stuff out there me you know and that authenticity became the thing that people liked about me and I want to say that for everybody I'm not special here and I think in the spiritual and in all forms of the world with the conditioning that we have where hierarchy is the way that we we've been taught that that signals value so, you know, if I've been on the spiritual path and I have five credentials and I have these books and I have this thing and then I can heal you, yes, potentially, but I feel the nuance of the goddess work in, in, in your question because ultimately it's about empowering ourselves and each other. And it's mm-hmm. not about a, I know more than you. And, you know, teachers who've been lifelong teachers, we know this. The teacher needs the student as much as the student needs the teacher. That's a very, if it's, if it's, if it's aligned, it's, it's like an infinity loop symbiosis that happens. And mm-hmm. there is a peer to peer and, and it's about, you know, it's, it reminds me a lot of energy healing where you don't take credit for the healing. It's not like you're a surgeon saying, I, I fixed that tendon or ligament. It's just the light comes through you. And I think that the authenticity is the light and the energy. And I believe that as we let ourselves be empathic, as we are, are stepping into wanting to be more sensitive, be able to read energy, and we will know and, and ask, I love asking for signs. Hey, spirit, can I get a sign that I'm on the right path? It, it, spirit knocks, you know, loves to impress us with that, those things. So I think authenticity is so necessary. And if I had a message for everybody is I want all of you to feel empowered on your own journey. And yes, there, if you need resources, find resources. But mm-hmm. ultimately, the resources should support you and me and all of us in shining brightly you know, it's kind of like give a man a fish or teach him to fish. 
let's teach each other to fish so that we're all these self-healing, self-functioning, you know, uh, that's how, that's how we change the world. I believe is when we all, and I think, I think that's kind of like when you were talking about the yuga cycles, that's just part of the vibration that's coming through in this new wave of spirituality, um, and convergence of, um, you know, modern and old ways and male and female energies. And I think it's kind of fracturing apart, as you said, some of the old structures that might have served 20 years ago. Um, you know, maybe there's a new, there's a new, more circular structure that's coming through. Lovely. That was, that was beautiful answer. Thank you for addressing that. It reminds me a little bit, it just brought back something that I'd been on a few journeys in Peru with the Inca teachings. And one of the ceremonies that we went through was a recognition that each person had some qualities that if all those qualities could be shared together and exchanged with each other, then each person would acquire, um, activate things that were either sleeping or left vacant in their being that they needed to help fulfill their purpose. And we went through a ceremony where on an energetic level, each person shared their whole being with everyone else. And the idea was, maybe I have something that'll help spark something in you to wake up. I don't know what that is. I'm not sure how it's happening. But if we come together like this and share our energy like this, you know, you'll get what you need. I'll get what I need. And what a beautiful way of sharing. And what you were saying reminded me of that type of community that we could have. Wow, you know, um, this is so perfect because this is what my, my most recent project in Baby is a nonprofit. It's called Feeding Reciprocity. And reciprocity mm-hmm. is a, is, is a, is it, me even, there's some re-education about that because I, it, it's Peruvian shamans know what it means. It doesn't mean that, you know, I give to you, I give you a, 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 a sandwich because you gave me $5. It says, I give to you because I give. And I, and I get those same flashbacks of, Right relations and culture where everybody, it's a symbiotic exchange and everybody's worthy and everybody has something to contribute and knowing that money is one, one form of prana, you know, it's, it's, it's an essential one in our world right now. It's not evil. It's not God. It's just neutral. It can. And, 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 and someone's kind words and maybe someone's craftsmanship and maybe someone's baking and maybe someone's, you know, horticultural skills or mason skills, that type of exchange. I'm, I'm using very simple terms to, to ground it down, but I think it can go way further than that. And it, and it is that we're all needed. Every single person is needed right now more than ever to remember, you know, that we're worthy and we're necessary, not because of this power over hierarchical aspect. So I love that you saw that and feel that. I wholeheartedly agree. That's, I believe, a, a vision that a lot of the ancient cultures who haven't been wiped out were able to preserve, and they have some things to teach us, you know, of how we might be able to build new, 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 new structures within our society. Um, that, will, uh, that will help everybody, you know, and, and empower everybody. 
This has been such a fertile conversation, Lisa. I have thoroughly enjoyed being with you for this time. So can you tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you and what platforms you have that are out in the world there that can connect? Yes, yes. So the easiest way to find me is I have a podcast called Everything is Energy. It's on pretty much all platforms, I believe, from, Mm -hmm. you know, iTunes to SoundCloud to uh, Spotify. But also I have um, a website. There's two websites that you can contact me, you can find the podcast, you can find, I do online gatherings, you can, all of it. So the first is Body and Soul Apothecary, spelled all one word, just like it sounds. Body and Soul Apothecary, A-P-O-T-H-E-C-A-R-Y.com. And the second is relating to the last concept that we talked about, seedingreciprocity.com. And that is if you're planting seeds, S-E-E-D-I-N-G, and then reciprocity, R-E-C-I-P-R-O-C-I-T-Y. And both those sites share all my work and all the projects. And um, I would love to connect to anybody and everybody. And I'm so grateful to meet you and to have this really, um, I feel blessed to have this sharing and conversation and time with you. So thank you. Um, I'm honored to be a guest on your show. And I can't wait to share it with all of my, my listeners and audience as well. So thank you. Thank you, and many blessings. Lisa and I both are praying and hoping and wishing for everyone's best, best, best version of themselves to show up in the world. God bless. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Earth Love Spirit Podcast. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. And be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.